Well. Well. <laughs> um, me and Joseph had such a great time answering our listeners' questions last time, and we got such an unexpected high. Well, I guess it was unexpected for me, expected for you. But we got such a high volume of questions, and some of them were very deep and insightful that um, we decided not to quite do a part two, but what we're going to do. I want I want to let the record show I <laughs> wanted to do a part two. But Write okay. in the comments if you're upset that we're not. For various reasons, we're not doing that. But we have compromised, and we're going to incorporate some of these Q&A questions into... The coming weeks. Yes. Um, and who knows, this might be fun enough that we, you know, get more questions and we can make this like a regular segment on the pod. And that will honestly be really fun. So Joseph will start us off with All right, so one question. First question from Patricia. Serious answers only. <laughs> <laughs> who was in Paris? <laughs> Did she really put that? No. Oh that <laughs> caught you off guard. Yes. I was, oh my I was God. cracking already. I couldn't even keep a straight face. Uh, no, Patricia did not put that. No, it was just something I came up last week before we started recording, but I forgot to do it. Uh, okay. First question, actually, from <laughs> Melissa. <Okay>. Um, uh, <laughs> Are you- no, no, I'm gonna, I'm gonna say a real one. But I was thinking of continuing the bit. I was like, why was the song called what it was? <laughs> um, no, uh, Melissa asks, uh, what are your top four? favorite movies and why Melissa should have known better not to ask this because as film people we can't just like pick actually that's literally, a lie yeah we literally have them on our letterbox <laughs> we do have them what are your top what are your top four favorite movies and why or she said or mm-hmm. what is a movie that you could watch over and over again and why well hmm. going to the letterbox because I have my top four currently selected and they are I feel like representative of some of my favorites. Mm-hmm. Um, who would like to go first? I mean, I can, I guess. So my uh, top movie on Letterboxd currently, which is at it's just Aaron underscore, same as my Twitter, by the way, if you want to follow me there, um, is Amadeus, which came out in 1984. I have the poster for it hanging in my apartment. It's not an original because that probably would have cost a lot of money. But um, I don't know. It's just something about this movie that I was going to say that just speaks to me, but that's very corny. Um, I don't know. I just like it a lot. I think it's the music paired with the cinematography, paired with the um, costume design. And also, I just really like period pieces. Um, I actually haven't watched it in a bit, but yeah, that's that's my top movie. Um The last time I updated this was, I want to say, like, last October, which, if you pay attention to the month, then you might know why, because my number two is Dune. Mm. Yeah. I think you updated that, and I forgot. Yeah. Honestly, I like Dune so much. I don't know why. I I actually watched it, like, two nights in a row. So I watched it when it came to the theater in IMAX, and then I watched it when it came back to the theater, not in IMAX, and then the next night... I um, downloaded it from a website, 
that allows you to download things. And I watched it and I read the script along with it because the script is available online as well. However, um, the currently available Dune script, there are a couple of scenes that are in the script that were either just not like filmed or were omitted from the final cut. And there's one scene in the movie that's not in the script. So that was really interesting to see. Um, my next favorite that was a burp. My next favorite movie is Paris is Burning, which is the when did this come out? It's a documentary from 1990 um, that showcased the world of New York ball culture to a wider audience. I stumbled upon it, you know, back in the golden age of Netflix, and it just really captivated me for some reason. I don't know why. It's just I don't know. Like they say, it do take nerve. Wait, what was it about again? Uh, it's about the ball scene in New York, specifically like in the late 80s. Because hmm. um, I think this was filmed like from 86. What are, what are people going to these balls for? Um, so basically, it's not a drag show because that's different. But it's basically, it's like a like a, a pageant of sorts. But it's like the barrier for entry. There really is no barrier for entry because kind of sometimes anyone can like enter into a ball and they're like i thought a ball was just like mingle and dance well not in this like uh documentary or i guess context Mm. i guess um but basically you walk in a category and you can win trophies and so some of the categories are i don't know butch queen realness um executive realness like femme things like that so it's, I, don't, I don't know. I mean, I wasn't really, like, alive back then to know. So I don't know, like, how widespread ballroom was outside of New York. I think there is a scene in Chicago, maybe. But, you know, before this documentary came out, this kind of, you know, subculture was really unknown to, like, normies like us. But um, I don't know. I just I just thought it was really cool. Is and it, then would you would you dare to say it's the precursor to drag or something? Because I don't know, because drag was going on while this was going on. There's actually another documentary that um, documents a let's see, a drag pageant from like the 60s called The Queen. And that's also very iconic. Um, I haven't actually seen it, but I've watched a video essay about it. So no, it's it's not drag, but it is like queer culture. So mm. Yeah, I just think it's really interesting. I've watched that several times. Um, last one. On my so, t- <laughs> what? It literally says. So I feel like you weren't painting a picture that well. So I looked it up. Probably on because IMDb. it's been a while since I've watched it. I looked it. it up on IMDb. The official description is a chronicle of New York's drag scene in the 1980s. <laughs> yeah, but it's like more than just drag, though, because it's not just drag queens that are in it. Well, so I guess it, there is some more. I stopped mm-hmm. there. Okay. Um, it says focusing on balls voguing and the ambitions and dreams of those who gave the era its warmth and vitality yeah actually it's more um character based Mm -hmm. than subject based for a documentary because it follows a few people around so there's the head of the or i guess the mother of the house of labeja at the time who's pepper labeja um and then you have like the young kids who are just now starting to get into you know ballroom stuff and then you have um dorian corey who is like you know uh, a drag queen who has been doing it for like years and years um and also a really interesting and also very sad thing about that documentary is that every single person actually i don't know if that's true most of the people who were profiled in it are no longer with us they either 
I believe the majority of them died in the AIDS pandemic. Mm. So one of them died of cancer in like 2009. I believe Dorian Corey had like a heart attack at some point. But um, Freddie Penn Davis, he's the only one who's like still alive. That was featured in that documentary. So, yeah. Oh, and one person was like murdered while it was like being filmed. Not like on camera, but in the, you know, course of it being made. They like died and that was really sad. Um, and my last one is the uh, the Monster Ball, Lady Gaga. That oh, I thought yeah. you. <laughs> well, see, I, not Monsters Ball yeah. with Halle Berry, even though that got her that? her Oscar. No, mm. I haven't seen it. Um, she got an Oscar for that, made history, but I have not seen it. And this is not that. This is Lady Gaga's uh, HBO special from 2011. And in 2011, I was a super, I was a certified little monster. And the thing about that, it came out. the name of her fan base? Yeah. Okay. And that just um, sounded. (laughs) I was a certified little monster. (laughs) (laughs) Well, um, the thing about this is that it came out the day that I had like a dance recital. And I was so sad because I thought I would miss it. But then I came home after my dance recital and then the concert had like just come on. So it's like, oh my goodness, I still get to see it. Watching it for the first time, I don't know if I can ever like recreate that feeling. Just being like an 11-year-old girl completely enamored with a person and watching something like that. The production is amazing for that concert. This was uh, filmed at Madison Square Garden. So, you know, they have all that stuff there. And I don't know. It's just great. I love her music. The concert is amazing. I haven't watched that in legit over a year. I should probably rewatch it at some point. Wait, this is an HBO special from 2011? Yeah. Oh. Okay. HBO was on and popping. If you remember, uh, Game of Thrones was on air for at least a year at that point. Hmm. I mean, I was a lot younger, so no, I don't remember. No, because they had like The Wire and The Sopranos and all that. HBO has been popping for like a while. Well, I mean, okay, I know. I just didn't know at the time. I know now. Didn't know at the time. Yeah. Okay. And that is it for me. Mm. Well, I have seen Amadeus. I have seen Dude. Because I made you see it. They're good. No, that was the second time I'd watched it. Interesting. I did not know that. You forgot. (laughs) <laughs> i don't think you told me i feel like i did okay um because i feel like you definitely you would have been the person to ask like who's all seen this <laughs> before we started and then i was like i've seen it <laughs> no. oh you know what you might be right all right my favorite films uh my top four has fluctuated i feel like i wish i kept like a list of mm-hmm. like everyone that's like braced the top four because like my first year of letterbox it fluctuated a lot mm-hmm. where it's like if a movie really slapped particularly well or was particularly special to me it got up there but then like if something more um let me turn the air up real quick down if a movie like particularly more special to me came along then instantly like something that wasn't as special got booted out so mm-hmm. like megamind very <laughs> special important was in movie. your top four mm-hmm Wow. For for a little bit, like, but like, it very quickly got like booted out by like Finding Nemo or like mm-hmm. something else, the Lego Movie or something. Um, Scott Pilgrim was on there for a while, but it's I not guess, anymore. Yeah, I think we went over this. Whiplash oh. kicked it out. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Yeah. I I don't know, man. I watched Whiplash a second time, and I was like, yo, this movie. Because you didn't like it the first time, did you? No, I loved it the first time. Oh, who didn't? Somebody didn't like it the first time they saw it. Uh, I don't know. 
Um, I mean, Melissa, I mean, she liked it. I think she can admit it's a good movie, but she mm-hmm. like is a very emotional person. And so it just affected her a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, cause it's very intense. Have you seen it? Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah. Okay. <laughs> she said, I've watched enough video essays to <laughs> compile it together. Um, I haven't, well, that's not true. I have seen <laughs> at least one video essay about it. So you got me there. Um, anyway, I guess I'll read my favorite films and then um elaborate so i guess in no particular order um we have bo burnham's inside Mm -hmm. used to be make happy um we have whiplash used to be scott pilgrim we have the lego movie that's been on there for a while it may move eventually but it it is special to me i've just kind of watched it too many times i need i need some space from it Mm -hmm. uh and then her um which I feel like it's been on there for a while. Because I do check sometimes. A little bit. Um, it's been on there for a little bit. I I've only, I haven't seen that many. Like, I've watched... I've watched the Lego movie probably 10 to 12 times. I've watched Bo Burnham's Inside. Um, <coughs> I think four times. But Whiplash and Her, I think I've only both watched twice. But both of them, I feel like, have a very profound impact on me. Mm-hmm. Um Let's see. Her, have you seen her? I've only seen one scene. Really? What scene? It's the the phone sex. Really? Yeah. That's it's a um, which is well, it's like completely black too, isn't it? Spoil. I guess audio. S- slight spoilers for her. That's a surprisingly like explicit scene. Yeah. Like you know what I mean? It feels yeah. it feels like dirtier than like an actual sex scene, but it's just. <laughs> it's, <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> you're good. Um. But like it, like it's just voices. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's, I'm, I'm, yeah, I believe the it's the scene is like only audio. But yeah, it's it's surprisingly like graphic because of that. Um, yeah. <laughs> does game Does Game of Thrones have audiobooks? <laughs> it does. Yes, because that's how, that's how I read the books. And Do they? Like, um, it doesn't kill. Well, no, I was I was I was trying to like lead into a joke or maybe just mm-hmm. the joke was the implication of like is game of thrones like audiobook porn <laughs> or something um i doubt it no like moans aren't like written no. into the things <laughs> no. so that so yeah <clears throat> yeah i don't know you think there's a 50 shades of gray audiobook <laughs> there is absolutely a 50 shades of gray audiobook how, fact, how wet do you think that audiobook is <laughs> what does that even mean it's, it's a- just how many wet sounds do you think play in that audiobook? I would hope none because, I mean, audiobooks, they don't really have sound design, which I think would be really cool if they did. But I can also understand how expensive that would be. But, you know, I don't. I guess that's where it kind of like uh, leaves the realm of like audiobook and goes more into like, as Christopher would say, audio drama. Yeah. You know, where it's just like, I think I can't. I don't know. I don't I don't listen to audiobooks. Well, I guess but an audio drama would be written for that format versus. Mm a book just you know they record some extra sounds because i believe the dune audiobook which i couldn't it got a little boring for me that one has different like voice actors for each character um and some other books probably do that but as far as adding and some also add music um but as far as like you know full swords clashing and all that i feel like number one that would take a long time and number two it cost a lot Mm. than just regular narration Anyway, uh, what is it? Her, 
the Lego movie, Whiplash and Bo Burnham's Inside. I feel like all of them are very personal to me. I feel like mm-hmm. they're all like 10 out of 10 amazing movies, but like all of them kind of speak to me in my own life experiences. And um, I don't know. I just connect with them and like them creatively and like how they work and what they mean. And I guess to answer the other half of the question of like, what's a movie that you could watch over and over again? Um, I don't know if you saw my review of The Mask uh, starring Jim Carrey. I skimmed it. (laughs) But um, uh, that movie, I don't know for sure what's like the movie I've watched most in my life. Might be Megamind. Um, Mm -hmm. uh, It's the first movie I saw in 3D. mm, Might be the Lego movie or... I don't know what else, but the mask might be it of what I've watched most. Like, I guess to repeat my letterboxd review that you didn't fully read. Um, <laughs> it it was always on TV, and so I was always watching it as, as a kid. So I it's like it. Well, I mean, I didn't know which parts you read and which parts you didn't hear. <laughs> um, and this is more for the audience. Okay. Um, but. Yeah, it was always on TV. I was always watching it. And so I feel like I watched that movie a lot as a kid. And like, um, have you seen it? I've seen The Mask too, because that one was on TV a lot. Yeah, Yeah, you played that one on like Cartoon Network at some point. Yeah, the answer is no, then you have (laughs) not seen The Mask. Well, I, there might be some like nostalgia goggles at play for me, but Mm -hmm. like watching it like, with Melissa recently, like both of us were like, Oh, like, like I watched this at such a young age. I feel like it really like influenced my trajectory and tastes and stuff like that. Like it's, it's, it was also in your review. Yeah. That you, yeah. But, um, no, like, like legitimately, I feel like the movie shaped me a bit. Like if I didn't, if I watched some other movie a lot as a kid, other than the mask, I feel like I would American be a, a completely different person. <laughs> I'm just just a little five year old Joseph watching American Psycho. <laughs> Maybe I'm 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 into NFTs. Um, <laughs> all of my previous girlfriends have mis- di- uh, mysteriously disappeared. Um, I'm friends with Willem Dafoe. Is he in that movie? Yeah, he is. Have you seen it? I have, but it's been a while. Oh, I want to watch it because you haven't seen it. I haven't. Oh. I guess we gotta watch it then. Uh, I'll watch it on my own time. Listen, we can do a double feature. We can watch Green Room and then we can watch American well, Psycho. Well, see, I feel like John John John's made me want to watch American Psycho by myself because well okay. be- specifically because of like the I guess the sex. Okay. <laughs> he said like the sex scenes were kind of long and uncomfortable. Okay. I mean, I mean that's his opinion. I'm just saying like I'm like, yeah, I don't know if I don't, you know, let's, hey, everybody, let's come on over and watch American Psycho. <laughs> bring the bring, bring the popcorn. I hear it's a really funny movie, though, like a really like dark. It has its moments. It's a dark comedy, basically. I think that was another movie that I watched only because Jared Leto was in it. And he's not even in it for that long. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Now let's give the role to Paul Allen. <laughs> that um, confused me so much for some reason because i haven't seen it <laughs> okay never but i know the paul allen memes yeah. well i feel like i know some spoilers spoilers okay. for american psycho paul allen dies this is correct oh have you seen the um recreation of that scene with weird al and like huey lewis i haven't seen it but i, I know not. it exists i think i've 
<clears throat> yeah. Okay. Well. Well. Intro. This is the 21st episode of the Not Just Aaron podcast. She can legally drink now, um, even though she was doing it before, but don't tell the police that. Um, I am Aaron, and you are? I am the um, brokenhearted uh, co-host because we're not name, doing though? because we're not doing a second Q and A. Okay, but what is your name? Uh, Paul Allen. You know, what? I'll give you that one because you've been good these past few weeks, and you've actually said we were. Actually, I think to I say... want. I wanted to say something else. I thought of something funnier well, before we late. recorded the podcast. Maybe I wanted to say I'm, I'm not Joseph or something. I don't you've, know. I think you've already done that. Uh, I mean, I can repeat myself. That's what you want me to do. <laughs> Not I want to mix it up every week like the sponsor. Okay. I'm a starburst this week. You're you're a what? I am a starburst this week. Do you starburst mix it up? No, I'm it, mixing it up. I've never been a starburst any of these episodes. Oh. Now I am a starburst. Okay. Or I can be, make a fight club reference. I'm Jack's spleen. Okay. You know? I'm far too tired for these mind games. I can't. I've been up for way too and long. And yet you, you weren't too tired to argue for an hour about whether okay, or not to do a was, Q&A. That was an hour ago. So we're not going to discuss this further, okay? You asked me earlier before we started recording what happened to my arm. No, I don't care anymore. I figured it out. I Sherlock holmes did. it. Okay, what happened then? You went on a date. <laughs> he turned out to be uh, the titular American psycho. He got his <laughs> okay. kitchen knife. He tried to stab you. He just, you, you with your quick uh, Sims reflexes, um, your years of playing the Sims taught you the world's fastest reflexes uh, to put, to put the kitchens out of, out of fire or the bath, the toilet is on fire. You had to put it out. You had to have quick reflexes. Uh, and so you sensed it with your Aaron senses. You dodged his blade, but he just but he barely, got he me just barely, of my arm. yeah, no, maybe you were trying to disarm him. You were trying to like hit it <laughs> and then he nicked the inside of your, um, what is it? What is this? This bicep? is the bicep. This is the tricep. tricep. He got your tricep. Um, okay. and you live to tell the tale. Now he's after you and you are trying to get a restraining order against Christian Bale. Okay. That's what happened. No. I've watched Sherlock. I no, I haven't. Oh. I was gonna say I watched an episode of it in my science class for some reason. I think my teacher just didn't want to teach that day. She watched an episode. No, I didn't. (laughs) I was gonna say in film and then we watched a scene in film. Okay. And that's not a full episode. Yeah. Yeah. But it was when he was like, you know, like math is floating in the air, you know, and he's like he's like, oh, Yeah. Well, anyways. What happened to your arm? Tell me that I'm right. Unfortunately, you are wrong. Mm. Um, What happened is that yesterday I went to the doctor's office and I told them, hey, doctor, um, I don't like kids. And they were like, okay. And they implanted a microchip in my brain that disables my uterus. But they had to go through my arm first. (laughs) Yep. They had to go through my arm. I think there's easier ways to do that. There is, but um, you uh, I wanted well, it to last a long time. You were like, "I'm feeling risky. Give me the experimental version, Doc." <laughs> he said, "Nah." Well, well, I don't know what the easy ones are, but you said, "Give me the, like what? Like 
I don't know. <laughs> I was I was trying to think of jokes that I feel like all of them were like too graphic, and I'm like I'm like yeah. Okay. Well, um, the real thing that happened is that I went and I got the um, birth control implant. Really? Yes. Oh. Yeah. There's a. There's Wait. So you weren't kidding? I was partially kidding. I didn't go yesterday. I went last week, and then they had to buy it, and then I came back yesterday. You said it goes in your brain, but it goes in your arm. Yes, it's um. You can kind of feel it. It's still, it's still a little. Sore. I don't want to feel it. <laughs> okay, but it's um right here, and it's just a little plastic. I guess well, I don't know what it's made of. I'm assuming plastic, but a rod that has like hormones in it, and they disperse over. I think three years. Yeah. And then what? And then you take it out and they put a new one in, which I'm not looking forward to because putting this in was kind of an ordeal. The act of putting it in didn't hurt itself, but they had to like numb the area by injecting lidocaine. And I will say that was probably a 10 on the pain scale for me. Mm. That sucked so much. And then it was over and then I just had to go back to work after that. Not, wait, what was the what numbing it was painful or injecting it was painful? Well, okay. I wasn't like looking at them while they were doing it because I was like in pain. But um, I guess they took a really big needle, put it in my arm, um, and and that hurt a lot. So, mm. but they numbed it before. Yes, but they didn't. <laughs> they didn't numb it before they inject. They like put in the needle to numb it. Then putting in the needle was to numb it, and then I didn't feel them putting in the rod. So, well, I feel like. I don't know. If to numb it, they probably didn't need to use a big needle. I don't well, know. I mean, maybe the numbing it's solution underneath just hurt. my skin, Joseph. It's literally mm-hmm. under my skin. And so it's like not quite an inch long, but it's it's a not insignificant thing to place under a person's skin. So you probably have to numb the area considerably. And okay, I guess they didn't really numb it all the way because I did feel some some pinches as they were like inserting it in my arm, but. Mm-hmm. Um, you can't tell because the band-aid is covering it, but it is still a little bit bruised. And you can kind of see, not the outline of it, but just like the general area of where it is, like in my arm. Mm-hmm. So, but um, it doesn't hurt per se. It's just now I'm aware that I have like a foreign object under my skin. And so it feels a little weird, mm-hmm. especially when like my arm is down. But it doesn't like hurt, hurt. But as I am touching it now, like, I guess what I'm feeling is the bruise. I think that's what I'm feeling. That's like kind of uncomfortable, but Mm. yeah. And it lasts for three or four years. But what my doctor told me is that they might approve it to last for like five. So, Mm. yeah. And it does whatever it does with the, the hormones to make it so that I am supposed to not be able to get pregnant. All right. And that's so, the miracle of modern medicine. Question two. Um, okay, no, we no. <laughs> May I ask why hurt. you got this implant? Um, well, I was on a different method for honestly like five years. It it was fine. I mean it, it did the job, but like I just didn't like it. And honestly, what I wanted to get initially was an IUD because those last for either six or twelve years. Mm. Um and I'm very pretty sure that I don't want children ever. Mm. So um, I think it was either. Okay. I never even asked my doctor about it though. Cause when I got on birth control, I was like 17. So I guess that conversation never got up or I told my mom about it, but she said, Oh, you know, it's going to be too expensive. Blah, blah, blah. Um, probably not considering that. Um, 
Actually, I don't know how this works. Most, or no, all FDA-approved forms of birth control are supposed to be covered by the Affordable Care Act. But again, I don't have Obamacare, so I don't think that would, like, count. So never mind about that. But um, I have heard that the insertion of it is, like, kind of horrendous. So Mm -hmm. I didn't want to go through all of that. Mm -hmm. But I guess getting a plastic rod beneath my skin was better i mean it the procedure itself lasted maybe like 10 not even 10 minutes i mean you said it was a 10 out of 10 on the pain scale i feel like you don't have a high pain tolerance i don't Mm. (laughs) i have like negative pain so i feel like for most people it was probably like a five or six i mean maybe it it depends on the person but for me i was like hyperventilating Mm. i made myself lightheaded from how fast i was breathing when they were injecting the lidocaine it hurt a lot Mm. So, I mean, I probably do have a low pain tolerance, but yeah. Um, but yeah, now this is kind of like set it and forget it. I don't even have to do anything before every mm-hmm. three weeks I had to like change it out, which I mean, three weeks is still, that's not that long. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, I knew I couldn't do the pill cause that's like every day and you have to take it at the same time every day. And it's just like, I don't like taking pills and don't want to do that. So yeah, that's, um, that's why I decided to do it. Mm-hmm. Now I just um, am chilling with some uh, plastic on my arm. Maybe it's one of Bill Gates's microchips. Who knows? Probably isn't, though. You thought you got the golden ticket? <laughs> the golden ticket? Yeah. He's not just going to give a microchip to anybody. Come on. <laughs> it, send, it sends a like, signal to my phone telling me that I've been chosen. Yeah. And that I need to go to the Microsoft factory to, I don't know, be tortured. You're going to be the next Xbox. <laughs> I'm the next Xbox. Yeah. Wow. I'm the, I'm the Xbox 720. Wow. That's so amazing. But um, yeah, that is that is the long and short of what happened to my arm. Mm. So question two. No. I, I don't know. Okay. Lead the way. All right. Um, do, you, uh, do you still have your wisdom teeth? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Do they cause any problems for you? Have they descended yet? Are they like oriented in a weird way? I, they, I have a bit of a crowded mouth um, where if the wisdom teeth that I do have sticking out, they're only about halfway out. Mm -hmm. Um, And because they're like really far back, it's hard to clean them. So I don't think they have, I hope they don't have a cavity. Um, When's the last time you've been to the dentist? Years. Oh, my goodness. Probably all sorts of things going on back there. Well, we don't have, like, insurance, and my family didn't like to go to the doctor, so. Well. But, so, no, I haven't been to the dentist in I don't know how many years, Um, and I can't afford it either. Um, Yeah, it's weird that uh, dental insurance isn't covered under, like, regular insurance. Who's regular insurance? No, I mean, like, regular health insurance. I don't have that. I know, but even if you did, you would still have to get, like, separate dental insurance, Mm. which is wacky. Well, um, yeah, I don't know. I, I hope they don't have a cavity. You kind of look back there. They look like they have a cavity, but they don't hurt. Mm -hmm. So maybe it's fine. Maybe they're just a little dirty. Mm -hmm. Um, I try my best to clean them, but it is hard. And they, I feel like when they come in further, let's say every couple of months, maybe like twice, three times a year, they do kind of cause me some pain. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it goes away. But mm-hmm. that was kind of how my family dealt with medical issues is 
unless you have something contagious. Bones sticking out? Well, no, unless you have something contagious, basically, uh, like strep or the flu, Mm -hmm. then it'll just go away. Hmm. So I had a lot of like bones sticking out. You would just like, you know, well, I mean, my family's so my my family's so like careful, like we all play it very safe. Like, I guess my father, uh, very like cautious and paranoid. So it's like we didn't really do adventure is things i think i'm the only one to have like ever like broken a bone in my family and even that it was it was like the smile smallest fracture um my heel i was um i was at a retreat um where for people who have never broken a bone and then you did and got kicked out (laughs) no i um (laughs) no my my private school my christian private school that I went to for middle school. Now, granted, this was like a small school that had grades from like pre-K all the way to like 12th grade, mm-hmm. um, but only had like 100 students. Um, it was really, yeah, it was like really small. Um, I was in middle school at that time. And at the beginning of the year, um, or kind of like early on in the fall, we'll say, they did a retreat where mm-hmm. it was just like kind of summer camp for like a week or a couple of days mm-hmm. where it's just like, Hey, we're going to go up to like this camp and just kind of have some fun, get to know each other. It was always early in the school year mm-hmm. to, I guess, have fun and like get newer students, like time to make, make friends with like older students, um, mm-hmm. basically. And I did do that. It was fun. Camp life isn't exactly for me, but it was, it was manageable. Mm-hmm. This is actually like a lot of, um, these are some memories I haven't revisited in a while, and so they're all kind of like rushing back now. A lot mm-hmm. of a lot of fond memories actually from like this was like a two three day period. Hmm, that's nice. Um, but basically, my retreat was cut a little short because we were doing this thing. One of the activities that day was mountain boarding. Um, what is that? It's let's basically call it like snowboarding, but mm-hmm. take away the snow. And put wheels on the board. Oh, that sounds dangerous. <laughs> Maybe. Oh my God. Um, okay. Was it like a steep hill or just a yeah. slight? Okay. It was a steep hill. Wow. Well, see, the thing is, is like, I'm I'm in what? I'm in seventh grade, uh-huh. eighth grade maybe. And we're all, everyone's doing it. Like mm-hmm. we got plenty of boards. We have an instructor making sure it's all safe. We're wearing the proper safety equipment. Helmets? Yeah. Okay. Probably maybe, a, maybe an elbow guard or two. Um, now we couldn't afford those, um, <laughs> but it was a very steep hill or maybe not steep, but we'll just say big. It wasn't like steep. I'll say that's it's like 45 degrees. Yeah. Maybe 40, 45, which maybe is a little steep, but it wasn't like, <laughs> it wasn't just, <laughs> we didn't fall to our deaths. Most of us. <laughs> okay. That was supposed to be funny, Aaron. Right. That was supposed to be funny. Um, rest in peace. <laughs> anyway, I there were basically like I was doing it from like the bottom like 10-15% of the hill where it's mm-hmm. like just barely like kind of getting up there and there's a little tree you could hold on to and then you can just kind of like ride down. I was basically doing the baby slide mm-hmm. while everyone else the all, of, hill. all of my peers were going to the top of the hill. 
uh, all my classmates, the older classmates, the younger classmates, they were just going to the top of the hill, just whoosh. Like, how did you stop? You just hit a wall. You slowed down eventually. The just the uh-huh. the tires, the traction on the grass and the dirt. You didn't. You didn't like. It wasn't that fast. Like you were fast as you were going down the hill, but like mm-hmm. once you kind of like even out, it it slows down itself just from mm-hmm. the terrain. But everyone else going to the top of the hill, very scary, very big. And I was like, I was like, man, if the kids younger than me can do it, or if all my classmates can do it, I can do it. I want to go to the top of the hill. And I, the school, I mean, it had, you know, it had a mix of students, some great, some not great. Uh, but like, I think most of them were genuinely like very nice Mm -hmm. um, people. And so like, I think, I think, also part of the reason I wanted to go to the top of the hill was to like, uh, I think impress my crush at the time. <laughs> I was like, I was like, man, if she, if she can do it, I can do it. Or like, I, I can't, I can't not do it. So I went to the top of the hill. I had a couple people help me um, because you're kind of up there and you're on this board, but it's like, you can't exactly like get yourself going. You kind of have to work with other people to mm-hmm. like, you have to be leaning over and then it's someone like, um, the luge. Someone has to like I know the bobsled. Someone, someone else, has to run. Someone else has to have their foot in front of your board to mm-hmm. make sure you're not going. They're your break until mm-hmm. you're ready. I had some people help me up there. They were my break. Um I was like I was kind of nervous but I was like I got to do it. I got to do it, you know. Mm-hmm. Be a man, whatever. And my friend they remove their foot. I'm flying. You know what I mean? I'm going down the wind all around me. I'm like, I'm focused. Mm -hmm. They said, bend your knees. I bent my knees and I'm like nearing the bottom of the hill. And then all of a sudden, like all of a sudden I'm in the, I'm in the, the spin cycle. (laughs) Like I, I don't know. Flip over or you just like start spinning like this way. Basically. Well, see here, let me, let me get there. Like it all happened so fast. Like I, I know what happened, but like in the moment, I was like, what the freak happened? Like, literally, it was like, it was like one moment I'm like this, the next moment I'm on the ground. <laughs> like, <laughs> and I think clearly I like, I, I didn't have a lot of experience on like a board or a vehicle with wheels mm-hmm. um, of any kind. Didn't know how to ride a bike. So like, I think I have maybe like decent balance personally. I don't have decent balance on like a thing that moves. And so I lost my balance basically. And then, but then what I think happened or what I know happened is towards the bottom going very fast i fell backwards and my feet weren't strapped in oh so that foot straps okay so this is like a it had foot like it had foot holders basically like you just kind of tuck snowboard. your you tuck your feet in but they're not locked in yeah. um one of my feet got loose the other didn't oh, and no. so i tumbled and one of my feet uh, basically like spun kind of far God. where like, and I couldn't get out of it either. Um, let's see. But like, basically, yeah, I think which, which one did I break? I think it was my mom could tell me, I don't remember, but I think it was my right one mm-hmm. or basically my right one had spun around a kind of far yeah. and I was kind of stuck in there cause I couldn't like spin it back mm-hmm. and, get it out of the thing and so immediately like everyone's running towards me like checking on me and i'm like yo what happened like um people came over like helped me like lifted me up like spun my ankle back 
it it wasn't like it wasn't like broken. Remember, it was like a slight fraction, but it did spin pretty far. It was, but it yeah. wasn't like twisted or broken like fully. It just it did kind of go in a direction it shouldn't. And they they yeah they twisted it back, and I got carried to like the cabin where they kept the equipment, and I sat there for a while. And then uh, over the next like couple hours, it swelled. It mm-hmm. swelled like huge. Like I feel like it. Like I I don't know all the sizes of like like what's like a Fruit? big what's like a big like ball oh a big ball um well i mean there's let's see basketball probably not that no. softball maybe a softball or something okay. softball is bigger than baseball right yeah okay maybe a softball because like i think my ankle like you see it now and i'm and I'm, I'm i guess i don't know it feels embarrassing to admit this but i'm roughly the same size i was when i was in 8th grade <laughs> but my ankle i think like tripled in size okay so what it was now so it was like pachoom, like yeah it swelled big and then i was definitely like the talk of the town a little bit like yo you guys hear what happened to joseph like yo and i was stuck in that cabin for like the the rest of the day but like my friends came to visit me check on me some cute girls you know um <laughs> they were like they felt bad for me i kind of cried a little bit because like i never like got like a serious injury before and so i was like man my foot's broken like bleh. like i was really scared i never had something like that happen before did you get them to um, sign your cankle not my, my when when a cast got put on it yeah no, I, I, I think it was scary, but I think I did like the attention and like, mm-hmm. and the girls were cute. They were also much older than me. Um, okay. Cause like the school was so small, you could be friends with like anyone out of any grade. So it's like, mm-hmm. I had a lot of friends that were like, I was like in eighth grade and mm-hmm. I was, but I was like friends with a lot of the like 12th grade girls. I appreciated their sympathy. Mm-hmm. I felt cool, you know? Um, but basically the trip had like the, the, the retreat had like one more day, but basically I called up my parents and was like, yeah, I gotta go home. Like I can't continue with this ankle. It needs to be checked on. Surprised they didn't call them. Well, someone did. I mean, I, we probably didn't have our phones because it's a retreat. So I probably had to get my phone and call them. Um, or someone had to bring my phone so I could call them. Mm -hmm. Um, maybe they might've called them. But yeah. Um, also, that sounds like a massive liability. Just having kids zoom down a hill on a freaking skateboard. I mean, I was of, of like of 50 kids that did it. I was the only one that got an injury. I mean, I know, but <laughs> and just we probably about we probably that, signed waivers. Like, oh, well, there's there was more dangerous things I did than zooming down a board. Mm-hmm. I did. Um, there's two things. There's one thing that was like basically a theme park ride mm-hmm. where let's say I was on a, on a, I was on an industrial sized swing where basically, oh, yeah, big swing. basically it was two posts uh-huh. rope in the middle. Yeah. Uh, you person gets into that, into that like harness. Mm-hmm. They then tie a rope to you that's connected to another post much further back and they pull it and they bring you all the way up. Mm-hmm. And then you like, whoosh, like yeah. kind of felt like, I feel like it felt like a swing shot, but it was a, or a slingshot, but it, it was a swing. Mm-hmm. Uh, very scary, very fun. I was fine. I survived. Mm-hmm. Another thing I did, uh, trapeze. 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 Like the stepping on the line. That's 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 tightrope walking. Oh. Trapeze is swinging on the bars, like swinging from like ropes. Okay. You know. I, I know. I know. I know. I know what trapeze is. I'm just. Do wondering you? the log- yes, I'm just wondering the logistics of it, like how they get 
you know, kids to do that with. There, there had to have been like a net. Yeah. Below. Yeah. Yeah, it was a net. Okay. Trapeze. Yeah, I know what trapeze is. Trapeze. Um, <laughs> yeah, I did trapeze. I think those are the two most exciting things um, no that are hiking. somewhat dangerous. Oh. No, nah, I don't think so. They also had a, one of those big swings at uh, Camp McDowell, which I mentioned before. However, it was for the older kids. We cannot use it. Mm-hmm. Sounds like your camp was lame. But well, it wasn't. We <laughs> hiked. And we oh, yeah, I wasn't going to say that, but hiking, we like rode through the countryside. It was really nice. Nice time in nature. Mm. Um, but it was also very cold because we went in November. But um, I am the opposite of you because I have never broken a bone and everyone else in my family has. Mm. So or at least had some kind of bone related injury. Mm. And I'm not. I well, I want to say I'm the only one in my family. I could be wrong. Mm-hmm. I feel like Josh or my mom, or I guess one of my parents might have. I think I'm the only one of my siblings, but I could be wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, but even then, it wasn't like a full break. Like, it it yeah. twisted far, but then when we got to the doctor, it was like, yeah, you got like a really small fracture on your ankle. Mm-hmm. Um, and I did have a cast, and the doctor gave me some scary news. I don't know if it was true or not. Well, the fracture was on my growth plate, and so he was like, that could affect like your growth. You know, you're going through puberty. You're still getting taller, bigger. Um, it could affect your growth. Mm-hmm. Um, and so basically I was kind of told like, or what I assumed. And I think what I was told was I could have like the leg that got the fracture on the growth plate could mm-hmm. have stopped growing while the other one kept growing. Mm-hmm. I think later the doctor was like, oh no, it's fine. That was maybe something after he looked at at it again later. <laughs> maybe that was maybe that was just something he was worried about mm-hmm. um at first and then he was fine with it but like i don't think about it often but part of me wonders like did it affect it is that why i'm like i mean is one of your legs shorter than the other one my one of my feet are interesting yeah one of my one of my my right foot is um i think like a whole inch shorter than my left foot wow so um, it probably did affect it. Maybe. Well, it would have affected my leg, not my foot. Oh. I think. Well, I mean, if it was your heel, then I don't see why it would be like your whole leg. Well, I want, I, basically I was saying like, well, because I, I don't know. I don't, I think the growth plate, how it works is it affects your height. It, it, it's what grows and like expands your leg and makes you taller throughout puberty. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So it's like, it affects your height. And so part of makes part of me makes me wonder like, is that why I'm like a little bit shorter? Um, well, or, I mean, there are also a lot of people in your family who are just like yeah. It's, there's genetics at play, but then it's like it's like maybe maybe that leg because like I said earlier, I am roughly the same size I was in eighth grade. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, that really. <clears throat> Did not know he was here. Would that really count for like the rest of you, though? I don't know. I don't know. But it, it's something I've wondered about a couple of times. Um, Much to think about. Yeah. I guess to wrap up the story, call my parents. They got came got me. Mm-hmm. Had a cast. You ever? No, you haven't had a cast. Those nope. things are nasty because you can't wash inside of them. No. Yeah. My brother had a cast because he like broke his elbow or whatever they're also very hard yeah 
That's the point. <laughs> I know, but he kick you with it. Yes. Uh, well, he would hit me because it was his mm. arm. Oh, yeah. I got a lot of attention as well having a cast. Every I feel like whenever you someone has a boot or a cast, everyone always comes up and is like, "Yo, what happened?" Like yeah. you know. I feel like um, the athletes at our school were always like booted for some reason. Mm. I like have ice on their like joints or something. They're like, always getting injured. Mm. I was getting concussions. That's the wildest thing to me. Just like kids in high school getting multiple concussions from like football and soccer and all that. I don't know if this is true or not, but like on YouTube shorts, there was one of those like, I don't know. I still, I, I guess I'll still say, despite watching it a lot, I still don't like YouTube shorts. Um, <laughs> okay. But the evidence says otherwise. You can, you can, you can do something and not like it. Okay. <laughs> I've done. Uh, what is it? <laughs> I do the dishes sometimes. I hate it every time I do it. it gives me a headache if I do it for too long. I'm serious. Why? I don't know. Something about focusing on it. Um, like I really don't like to do it. I wish I didn't have to do it. Well, you do have a dishwasher, which is it doesn't work. You still have to wash them. Okay. Well, then what about that fork that I just pulled out of there earlier? Yeah, you should have checked it. Germs? You should have. Yeah, I, w- I would have gave it the once over. Okay. Well, forgive me for thinking something that game out of a dishwasher was clean. Yeah, you're forgiven. Okay. Um, also, you should probably like talk to somebody about the whole dishwasher not working thing. It. I mean, it. It does half of its job. <laughs> it works. It just doesn't work 100. percent Which is unacceptable for a place that you're paying money for. I don't care. Okay. Literally, literally, I like came. The main, the main guys here suck. Like. Mm-hmm. I, I no excuse, but yeah. Well, well, I'm saying like the less I have to deal with the company, the better. Um, because they're rude, their maintenance guys suck, and like I can keep making a maintenance request, and they'll keep sending a guy, but they're not gonna like. They're not necessarily gonna fix the problem if they're not good at their job, you know. Mm. Like, well, I think you should. Um let the latent Karen that lives within you come out and speak to someone higher up. I don't think I have a latent Karen that lives within me. I think we all have a latent Karen that lives within eh, Speak for yourself, Karen. <laughs> <laughs> it's, And that'll be the end of the uh, Not Just Karen podcast. <laughs> um, I am Karen and you are. <laughs> we don't say that at the end, so you're already wrong. But what is it? No, um... Yeah, I think one of my earliest uh, maintenance requests here when I first moved here was like, hey, the dishwasher stinks and it doesn't drain. Uh, The guy came, he made it not stink, he drained it, and he was like, yeah, it's something to do with like the garbage disposal being clogged and like they're connected, you gotta drain them both. Uh, I don't think he knew what he was talking about because use the dishwasher again, it's full of water. It never is not full of water and... uh, the, di- the garbage disposal is fine. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, Well, does like water back up into the sink when you use it? Because I remember um, <laughs> when I was living in the UV, sometimes when I would use the dishwasher, the garbage disposal would like back up. I think they are connected, but what do you, what do you mean by like back up? Like water come up out of it. Like, like overflow or like shoot out? Not shoot out, just like, you know, I guess, yeah, overflow. It rises up yeah. like a clogged toilet. Yeah. No, mine okay. doesn't do that. So, yeah, I think he was wrong. (laughs) And it's like he did drain it. I don't know how. I wish he would have done something to do that permanently. But um, 
I know you're not supposed to use like drain cleaner in apartments and stuff. Are you not? No, because I guess the like shared pipes or anything like that. Because my like bathroom sink was backed up. This is like months ago. This is not long after I moved into my current apartment. But um, I looked it up because I just thought, you know, fine, I'll handle it myself. I could just buy some drain cleaner and do it. But um, apparently you're not supposed to do that. So and I think I. But why not? What 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 does the shared pipes have an effect? Um, I don't know. I guess just like the chemicals in it might like not be good for like specifically apartment pipes. And then um, because my building is so old, who knows what's going on with the pipe situation. So I wasn't even about to like deal with that. Mm. And also they're like constantly fixing leaks in my apartment. They fixed one today and I had to like run all my faucets for like a good two minutes just to get all the yak out. Yeah. If I can live with an issue in this apartment, I will. Like there's a light bulb that doesn't work. Or not a light bulb, a light socket that doesn't work. And I'm like, you guys just fixed the previous one. Um, it's fine. I can live with that. If it's like dire, yeah, I'll put in a maintenance request. But um, they're not good. Yeah. You know, I, I might be the same way because I dealt with having the fire alarm go off in our building for a week before I said anything. And then when I say something, I sent them an email. And now it's, it doesn't happen anymore. So much for your inner Karen. Well, no, that was my inner Karen coming out because I sent them a strongly. If you didn't email. get results, it's not a Karen. It, I like, did get results after a week. Well, Come yeah, on. because I didn't say anything it's until the after game, a week. Karen. <laughs> Karen. 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 Come on. <laughs> Whatever. Um. Anyways, I was asking about wisdom teeth like two stories ago because. My top ones have like fully descended because a dentist stole two of my teeth out of my head while I was awake. Um, there's probably a reason for that. I had braces for like a while growing up from like the ages of, I want to say 10 to like, I finally got them off for good when I was like 15. It's like five years, which is a lot when you're age 10 to 15 because I guess you're like growing and whatnot. But um, somewhere along the line, they like, Removed two of my perfectly good molars. Don't know what happened to them. They're lost to time, I guess. Um, and I guess that allowed room for my two like top wisdom teeth to come down because now they're just they're just up there. They're chilling. Um, not really chilling though because my two bottom wisdom teeth haven't quite come in yet. So anytime I eat something, it's just tooth on gum back there, and it hurts sometimes. But now uh, this what is this right? This is right. Yeah, <laughs> my um, bottom right wisdom tooth. I don't know if it's coming up or if just like the gum is just getting eaten away. That's like exposed now. And like you said, it's getting hard to like clean those teeth. I am supposed to go back to the dentist at some point. So hopefully they'll do something about it. I was supposed to get them out like a while ago, but my mom just like never set the appointment. But yeah, like yesterday I couldn't open my mouth like past a certain point. It like hurt that much. But now I think it's like, yeah, it's getting somewhat better. It hurts less, and I think tomorrow it'll be fine. But, yeah, my wisdom teeth are conspiring to kill me. How long have you been recording? 58 minutes. Really? It feels way longer than that. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. That's what it says, 58 minutes. Why you got somewhere to be? Just got two questions that need asking. <laughs> All right, fine. I think we can I think we can get to that point now. Wait, I have one more question. She said who was in Paris? I got to know. <laughs> <laughs> no. Where does cereal go? Like the box. 
after you purchase it. This isn't a riddle, by the way. I'm asking. I mean, it feels like one, but okay. I don't know. It just goes in the pantry, goes in the cabinet. Interesting. Because in my house, we always put it on top of the fridge. Mm. So I don't I don't know if that's like a thing that's done, though. It I it's it's not uncommon. Yeah. I don't do it. My <laughs> my family didn't do it, but no, I don't think you're like the only one. Okay, because now I think about it. Anytime I've been over someone's house, I feel like for the most part, their cereal has always been like in a pantry, and we just always put it on top of the fridge. So, I was thinking about it because I was in my new apartment. Um, I think today, and I was looking at the space on top of my fridge, and I was like, oh man. If I like, need to put something there because there's not a whole lot of storage space, like, where am I going to put my cereal? Then I realized I haven't eaten cereal in probably over a year now, so it's not even a problem. But then I realized, like, most people don't put their cereal on top of the refrigerator. Like, it would make sense to put it in a pantry. But, like, why did we never do that? I don't know. Anyway, what is, what is the question that you have, the hard-hitting question? Well, there's two of them left trying to pick honestly i'm trying to figure out what i want to do thinking of maybe doing another movie one from david okay but i don't i it may be difficult for me to come up with an answer what's the question david asks what is your favorite and or most memorable opening image in a movie okay um (laughs) i do have an answer for this one which it didn't even take me that long to think about. But now I, I feel like I want to think about it because the one that I have, it's fairly recent, but it is very memorable. So yeah, let me, let me, let me think. Yeah, I don't know. I think the answer that I have is the answer that I'm going to stick with. Would you like me to to answer? Yeah, because I got to look at Letterboxd to figure it out. Okay, but Dune, the dreams or whispers from the deep or what the was quote? it? quote? Yes. Okay. But specifically, you know, how it kind of like, it kind of comes out of nowhere and it's like before all of the like studio logos. So yeah. I thought that was interesting. Um, that one, I felt like as soon as I heard that, you know, big IMAX theater, those speakers, you know, I just, I just knew I was like in for an experience mm. with that one. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, that That's definitely one. I feel, Okay. The majority of movies that I have watched are not logged on Letterboxd, but I'm also going to look at it just to see what's what. I'm having a hard time. <laughs> I might be overthinking. I might have to be mm-hmm. just like, I'm, I might have to change it to like opening scene uh-huh. um, instead of like opening image. Cause I, I don't know if I, I don't have like the opening shot memorized of like what I've seen, you know? Yeah. I feel like unless my opinion is that like, unless the opening shot is like, shocking or memorable it's not like it's not gonna stick with you you know yeah um like unless i go into a movie and it like starts with like just a dead body or something like grotesque i feel like that's well i guess i do have an answer but you don't consider documentaries to be movies so and it's not a it's well i think i didn't want to say that for whatever the previous question was i didn't say they weren't movies it was just like I limited the question because of the nature of the question. But, um, I mean, again, it's not opening image. I'm going to play fast and loose with the word image here, but we'll say the you can just opening, say opening scene. scene. Um, for the docuseries, The Jinx, it just starts out crime scene photos are just like body parts. So, like, there's a leg. There's, like, a freaking torso. That one caught me way off guard. I don't know if that's in the opening or not, but there's definitely a leg. And that's real? 
Yes. Does that does that make it a snuff documentary? No, because it's not someone in the process of being killed. It's just crime scene photos of what I guess the police found. Because mm. this guy, ooh, what is his name? I don't know. I think he just died. Um, like cut somebody up and like disposed of them, and then sort of kind of admitted to it on camera. That was wild. Mm. Um, Robert Durst, yeah. that's him. Yeah. So that was fairly jarring because seeing. A human torso without the rest of the parts is a bit much, and I was not expecting that going in. So I suppose that'll be my answer, part two. Um, I might be scrolling for a minute. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I mean, I guess I'll keep thinking of stuff. I mean, you could try to help, try to jog my brain. For some reason, the opening like scene to Indie Game, the movie, sticks out to me because it's just like rain falling on like a pond or something. I have maybe an answer okay. and I, I'm not happy with it, but I think it is memorable. And I think it's the opening credits of seven. Mm-hmm. I feel like because of just how grotesque and dirty and like um, grimy they are, you know, it's like a very uncomfortable opening. Mm-hmm. I feel like, I feel like you can compare it to, I guess I'll, I'll quote David himself since it's his <laughs> question, but he said the, um, I've never watched like much of American horror story, but he said the scariest part of American horror story is the intro, the opening where like the rest of the show is kind of goofy and campy, campy, but like the opening song and intro is a lot more kind of grotesque and like has some like musical jump scares. You've only seen, um, one and a half seasons of American horror story because the first season is like great. And then the second season, it's like, what is this? But I think it gets better after that. But I just, I don't know if, and I know I can like skip a season because it's not like, you know, each season is its own new thing. But I don't know if I want to, if I want to do that. I'll, I'll rewatch say, the first season though. Murder House was, mwah. I'll say, so I'm, I feel like I'm having a hard time. So I got to keep cheating a little bit. Mm-hmm. I, I thought of a couple more. I feel like I want to say just like the opening to like any, I'll say 2D studio ghibli movie Uh um just because it's like their animation's beautiful and so while i don't know the opening shot of all their movies not even sure if i know the opening scene of all their movies i don't doubt that whatever they made was beautiful Uh um another one uh the matrix i feel like each movie starting with you know some text on the screen Uh wait do they start with that i don't know Okay, yeah, yeah, and then, like, the code and then zooming in, like, mm-hmm. I feel like that's very memorable, very iconic. Star Wars, long time ago in a galaxy far, far away, that pregnant pause. Text. Well, no, 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 the okay. pregnant pause with Just the text. I've never seen a, a Star Wars movie. You gotta, I don't know. What? I've never seen a Star Wars movie. Okay, well, I'm trying to describe it to you. The okay. pregnant, there's, it's it's quiet. Okay. It's silent. This blue text comes on screen. It's it, It's not yellow? It's blue. Give me a second. Okay. Blue text comes on screen. It says, a long time ago, in a galaxy far, far away. That's not Ellipses. Then, after the pregnant pause. John Williams score. That's when you see Star Wars, big yellow text. It starts scrolling. You get like a little prologue to set up the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like all of those intros are iconic just because of the nature of them. There's mm-hmm. there's the pregnant pause, 
the text, the pregnant pause, the loud trumpets in your face, all of it like really sets the stage before the movie's barely even started. I think it's amazing. Oh, yo, I think um, I'm kind of cheating because I'm doing like, well, I don't know. I do what I want. It's uh, I want to say like all of the Austin Powers movies because they all start with like a goofy musical number. Have you seen any of them? Yeah. Okay. They all start with like a goofy musical number that like is just Mike Myers dancing around to like that Austin Powers music. And it's just, it's fun. It's goofy. And then maybe the third one, if we're doing opening scene, because it has that parody movie where it's like Tom Cruise is Austin Powers and it's Mm -hmm. directed by Steven Spielberg. And um, it's, it's very like meta. Mm -hmm. Um, Have you seen uh, Tropic Thunder? I have. Yeah. So like the, um, I guess the fake promos in the beginning of the movie. I've seen it once. I kind of want to rewatch it. Ooh. Let me see. I'm thinking, I'm thinking. Okay. I feel like Tropic Thunder might not be as good as we remember it. Because I feel like... I feel like I didn't like it that much the first time I watched it. So I yeah. think it would be better than I remember it. But I feel like it's also a stoner movie in that it kind of doesn't make sense. I think that's a, I think that's a bad take. It's been a while since I've seen it. Mm-hmm. But when did you watch it? Like what age? I think I um, was too young to understand a lot of the humor, understand and appreciate the lot of a lot of the humor. When did it come out? Probably whenever it hit. It came out when we were babies. Like that's not true. I mean, not literally, but like it came out like It came out in like two thousand eight. I'd say. Okay, so probably two thousand nine. Whenever it hit HBO. Oh, you saw it like when you were still a child. I saw yeah. it when I was like in high school or college, but still. They, they played it a lot on like TV. <laughs> even, the, even though it's a very R-rated movie. Well, yeah. I'm talking about like HBO Showtime, the premium channels. Okay. Well, that's not TV, Aaron. Okay. But it was on my television. It came out in 2008. Haha, <laughs> big brain. Presumably the year following that. Mm-hmm. I don't think I saw it until like, I don't know, late 2010s. And even then, like, I might have saw it, like, freshman year of college, but I don't think that, I don't know, I think I've matured a lot more than, like, can appreciate films a lot more. Mm-hmm. Even though it's like, you know, we're 18, we're adults, I feel like I was still a child, and so. Very, you know, silly. Huh? I said very silly. What is? Us, when we were 18. Uh, Yeah. Was my defining attribute that you were silly? Yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> um, another one, Monsters Inc. I feel like mm-hmm. the opening scene with the like bedroom monster trying to spook and scare the kid. Mm-hmm. I feel like that might have like sown the seed for my love of horror. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like, because that's like, I mean, it's tame it's enough a for movie kids. For babies. Yeah. No, my my letterbox <laughs> review of it jokingly i might have reviewed it twice let's see i think i said wait where are my reviews you reviewed this film twice haha show me my reviews i said my favorite horror movie (laughs) (laughs) and then no likes on that one uh and then 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 something else the basically that one's a little bit longer but my favorite horror movie about one of them i think another one i have is um the beginning of uh grand budapest hotel where it's mm. like the girl going up to the gravestone with all the keys on it and looking up and the like yodeling in the background. It's like all snowy. I think I've only seen it once, so I don't remember. Well, <laughs> I 
Actually, my favorite part is when um, they tell you to set your monitor to 16 by 9. Yeah, it's my favorite part. Wait, what? Um, Do in they? The, in the video version that I have, it, there's like a message in the beginning telling you to, to like set your monitor to 16 by 9. Mm-hmm. Aspect Yo, ratio. I, guess, I know you use the mobile version. Mm-hmm. Or wait, you use the app for Letterboxd, right? Yes. Letterboxd has gotten these super annoying ads. I'll try to show you as soon as another one pops up. Mm-hmm. But it is obnoxious. And I like... I want to avoid these companies out of spite. You know what I mean? Look at the ad and make it have the negative effect um, that they want it to have. I don't think I've gotten a single ad on Letterboxd. You should. Otherwise, you're, I don't know, I guess you're getting the premium subscription for free. I mean, I have um, a, um, I have an Android, so I can basically do what I want. and have get, a, like, Use an ad blocker or something? Yes. Uh. But sometimes it works in apps. It doesn't work for YouTube, oh. but um, what? I thought of another one. What? Uh the intro to Shrek, obviously. Smash <laughs> Mouth, All Star. Uh, that's I feel like that's iconic. Um, Melissa will appreciate that one. What else? What else? I'm having a lot of fun with this question. I feel like it was difficult at first, but like going through my whole letterboxed and like trying to think of like iconic iconic uh, openings is quite fun. Um, I'm probably missing a lot. But probably, but it did ask for one and we gave several, but I'm having fun. Okay. Plus, I don't know how long we'll spend on like the next question. We'll see, but depends on the question. I know. I know. I'm, I'm just, I'm anticipating Have maybe you pre-selected them. Well, it's, it's Patricia's last. So okay. there's only, there's only one to choose from. I think we can move on from this. Question. No, I like it too much. I, I got, I hit a so day. You have to <laughs> respond with every single movie. Yeah. Oh I'm having God. so much fun. I love movies. Okay. I'm just like, I'm going through all of them. The dark Knight. Uh, I feel like, uh, the opening bank robbery scene. I feel like that is iconic. I should I'd, watch the Batman. I'm at, huh? I said, I should watch the Batman again. We should watch the dark Knight. Um, well, I was talking about me on my stony lonesome. Okay. The both of us. Well, I wasn't talking about the both of us. I was talking about you, me, and Melissa. Okay. And maybe someone else. That includes the both of us. Meh. I think yours was exclusive. You thought, you just assumed just us. Have you ever seen Hotel for Dogs? (laughs) Probably whenever it played on like, you know, again, premium channels. Kids. Disney channels. Kids have like such trash taste. We'll watch anything. Yeah. Like. Why the frick did Welcome I want to see Hotel for Dogs? Jenkins. I might be mixing this up. Oh, no, I'm not. What? Have you seen Watchmen? The movie? Yeah. No. Mm, it's really good. I don't doubt that. Um, Watchmen has a very iconic opening. I feel like because you haven't seen it and because someone else might not have seen it, it... Um, someone else might not have seen Hotel for Dogs. <laughs> I didn't spoil anything about Hotel for Dogs oh. other than it's trash. <laughs> Well, maybe um, they wanted to find that out for themselves. Well, basically, Watchmen starts very intense, very intriguing. Mm-hmm. Uh, up, the classic kids. Yeah. Fall. I guess that's not really the opening, but it's it's the most memorable like the part first, of the like, opening. 10, Fifteen minutes. Yeah, where it's yeah. like you know, classic kid fall in love, they get married, she gets pregnant, she gets unpregnant, she dies. Yeah. You know, classic. Um, what's the beginning of Inglorious Bastards? Um, oh, oh, yeah. oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> How could I that's forget? iconic. Oh my God. Yeah, yeah, that 
I don't know about the opening shot. I mean, it's it's probably great, but like um, I think the like whole the, opening scene, the water pump he's washing thing. some some his dirty hands. Yeah. Um. There's there's like the his SS dirty French hands. Yeah. Um. Wow. Yeah. But I feel like the um the theater scene had much more impact than um the opening, even though it was like you know. But it, the theater is like the big climax. I God, think, I gotta rewatch that. Oh my god! Yeah, anytime. <laughs> no, when like YouTube Shorts, um, that you hate. I do hate it. Well, there, there's like, I don't know. There's a couple like good ones. I still mm-hmm. hate it. I think the algorithm sucks, and I think most of the content is trash. Um, well, I like that it um, recommends me puppy dog videos. Oh, we'll see. So. See, Aaron. That's the difference between you and me. You don't like puppy dogs. No, you're a basic bitch. <laughs> I just want to see cute dogs. Okay, sorry. That was that was meant to be more like funny in a punchline. Okay. I didn't mean it. Well, I, know I mean, you didn't. I do think you're basic. Better not have. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't mean the b word. Sorry, I know I'm Jesus. I'm coughing so much today. Um, I can agree. It's time We're to move on. We're gonna have a part two for this one question. <laughs> yeah. Next question is just this. Or next episode is just this question. No. Um, yeah, I can move on, but that was a fun question. I liked it. Um, I like movies, and you know, I like reminiscing. Um, the movie Reminiscence, though, starring Hugh Jackman, sucks. It's not Huge good. Hugh Jackman. Um, all right. <laughs> Final question for the evening. I, w- I want to like I, I don't think I can reach the same high as like who was in Paris, but I want to think of a question equally as shocking. You <laughs> well, know? Now that you said that, it's taken away all shock. Well, I couldn't think of one, so yeah. that's uh, that's better than than doing nothing. I think. Okay. I could. <laughs> or you could just <laughs> ask the question that is intended to be asked. Well, I think that well. This isn't the question, but it's not as equally it's not as equally funny as uh-huh. who was in Paris. Maybe equally shocking. Same subject material. Okay. Um, could Michael Jackson say the N word? I'll say yes, but also I don't think he would. Yeah. Just like as a person. Why? I mean, there's probably like no footage of him doing that. And also, I think just um, the era in which he was raised, it probably wasn't like a thing that they did back then. Mm. So. What year was he born? What decade was he born? 50s. Okay. Because he died when he was 50 and he died like early 2000s. It was 2009. Mm. Lit. He died in his 50s. Mm. He died when he was 50. Let's see. Oh. It's like right after his 50th birthday or something like that. Rough. Yeah. Um, nineteen fifty-eight. Okay, no, it was before. I think his fifty-first birthday. Actually, I could just go to Wikipedia. He was fifty. Mm. So, he was born in fifty-eight, died in two thousand nine. Do you remember where you were when it happened? Uh, in elementary school. Okay. Picking my nose. In June. Huh? In June. I don't know. You were not in school. <gasps> I didn't even June. know who Michael Jackson was until he died. Oh, right. I forgot. Yeah. Yeah. I was at my grandma's house when it happened. Um, my family 
did not culture me. I had to culture myself. I can tell. Um, uh, Very, shall we say, unseasoned. <laughs> not anymore. You didn't know me back then. Well, I mean, knowing you now, I still think you have a while to go. <laughs> Excuse you. Get some Who's, have you been to a foreign country? Yes, I have. What country? Jamaica and Mexico. Really? Yes. How? What was the occasion? Um, vacation. Hmm. Okay. How long? Uh, let's see. Jamaica, that was probably like a week. Went via plane. Mexico, that one wasn't too long because it was like a cruise ship, but I was still in the country. So, yeah. A cruise ship? Yes. Hmm. I did get off the boat, so I did step foot in Mexico. Is the Yucatan Peninsula. I don't think I appreciate you calling me unseasoned. Well, you got salt and pepper, but not enough. What do you mean? It means you're still somewhat unseasoned. Elaborate. What does that mean? I literally just said what it means. No, I mean, be specific. You're talking metaphors. Okay. It means you need some some more culture. Be exposed to more things. Like what? To know more about the world, just in general. I'm taking this all very personally. And I also <laughs> okay. think you're very wrong. Um, okay. I mean, you're allowed to think that. I am, in fact, not you. So um, if you can prove to me that you do have just a little bit of paprika, some mm. more salt and pepper. I don't have not to too prove much anything salt. to you. Okay. <laughs> then I'll continue to think that you're unseasoned. Okay. And you can continue to take it personally. Mm. Bold of you to assume things about me. Okay. <laughs> Okay. Patricia's last question. Mm-hmm. For real this time. Okay. Do you believe that there are good people and bad people? I'll say uh, just right off the top of my head, yes. Do I need to elaborate further? I mean, I can just respond. I think... Yeah, this question might take us a while. Maybe. We'll see. Really? Maybe. I mean, just just the the depth we can go to, I think. I'll agree. Yeah, I I guess, I don't know, off the top of my head, I'll say yes. Because, I mean, Um, what's, like, the alternative? It's just, like, everyone's neutral and they just do good and bad things, but that doesn't, like, define them as a person. Well, I mean, not necessarily everyone's neutral. You could say everyone's good. You can say everyone's bad. Um... You could say everyone's nothing. Um, I think there is a lot of like angles and like nuances you could approach it. Mm -hmm. Um, You could say, I mean, I guess I'm kind of further elaborating what I just said, but you could say everyone has some good in them. Mm -hmm. Everyone has some bad in them. Mm -hmm. Um, You could take it further of like, is everyone born good? Are there some people that are born bad Mm -hmm. um you know and there i feel like there is a lot of depth to it um because i think what are we classifying as good and bad here like it's kind of purely subjective we bring our own opinions to it um i guess you bring i i guess i speak for myself and say i like i bring my own way i view the world my own life experiences and i guess my christian beliefs to the table Mm -hmm. um you bring I won't answer for that. I get well. I give I give that for your own answer. I, okay. I was I was kind of like leaving it for you to fill in. Okay, whatever um, you bring. Basically, everything you just said minus the Christian beliefs. Yeah. Okay. So, 
I guess we have our own opinions of that. Yeah. Um, I, I think. Say, mm-hmm. You go ahead. I think I like kind of a lot of things I think about in my life and or just in general about life and the world is like, I kind of go back and forth about things. So you mm-hmm. can say you can be like pedophiles bad mm-hmm. objectively. Like I feel like we would agree on that. Yeah. Um, then me going back and forth. I still think a pedophile is bad, but maybe this hypothetical, I'm turn the air down again. I don't like how it got quiet. <laughs> <laughs> Like that white noise. What's black noise? <laughs> Never mind. That was a dumb question. It was kind of a I joke. I was thinking about it. Okay. Um, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> um, why? Okay, no. A question for a different day. Mm-hmm. Put a pin in it. Why is okay. it called white noise? Moving on. Um, this hypothetical pedophile. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I would say still bad. But part of me wonders, like, was this person we'll just say male um were they like sexually abused as a kid you know Mm -hmm. what i mean were they the victim of a pedophile Mm -hmm. doesn't make their actions or who they are now right i think they're still in the wrong Mm -hmm. but i i feel like i do feel sympathy or pity for someone like that and then taking it away from like pedophilia um you know maybe like a murderer or someone who committed a violent crime of like killing another human being Mm -hmm. um i would say that's bad Mm -hmm. um i guess depending on the context like you know whether or not it was in self-defense yeah if it was just like out of like hatred that was Mm -hmm. my phone okay um but maybe they grew up in a violent environment or maybe that's something they all all they knew then going back to like yeah there's bad people i don't know a lot about like um jeffrey dahmer but like i feel like what the little i do know is that like i feel like maybe that person was just like born bad like i don't Mm -hmm. know i don't think he grew up in like a bad home he's just like it's kind of like a psychopath you know Mm -hmm. what i mean and was just kind of like deranged even as a kid and then grew up to be terrible is he dead is he or is he in jail well i think he might have got the death penalty i would be surprised if he didn't Mm. But we can we can always look. We can ask Miss Google. No, he died in nineteen ninety four. What was the cause? I do not know yet. Hmm. Uh, let's see. But um, uh, it was a homicide. He was murdered. Oh, that's interesting. But yeah, I think I can just kind of go back and forth. But it kind of like it still stays in the middle where it's like, yeah, I think there's good and bad people, but. I guess I would go further and say that like maybe I would maybe my like final answer and that doesn't mean I have to end it. I can keep talking mm-hmm. or just pass it to you and then see what you say. Yeah. But I would like to believe that most people like anywhere between like 80 to 90% kind of high, kind of hopeful, optimistic are definitely not like are, are mostly good. I think there's some people that are just are terrible, are bad. And like all of the good people I would say have like bad sprinkled in. No one's perfect. Mm -hmm. Um, And I guess there's levels of, of badness, 
you know, like someone might have a temper or something, you know, which mm-hmm. I don't know. I guess that's more of a flaw than like something that's like bad, but it's like, what if they like, you know, punch a wall or, or get really like mad or something like, whereas like maybe someone's, well, no, that's, that's, that's leaving morality and it's just more getting like too detailed. I'm going to, yeah, I don't know. I guess I'll just say like everyone has, I feel like some bad in them. Mm-hmm. But I, I want to believe that, like, most people are good. There are some people that are kind of, like, purely bad. Mm-hmm. Um, but even then, I feel some sympathy for them because I don't know what their life was like. Um, mm-hmm. Pass it to you. Okay. Well, um, it is kind of a conundrum in uh, the field of psychology, whether or not people are the way they are because of their nature or if they were nurtured to be that way. Um, it's like, you know psychology 101 stuff even though took that class bajillion years ago i still remember that part from it because i found it to be actually interesting but um you know how much of our behavior is genetic and how much is it our upbringing in our environment and um like how do you determine that you know so i personally believe that Um, everyone starts out on the same level playing field when they're born. It's just the minute they're taken home, that's when things start to sway in one balance or another as for how their life might go. So, like, I don't know. I had a point that I was about to make and then I just lost it. Wow. Basically, I think everyone, and yeah, everyone has the capacity to do bad things. Um, It's just that, you know, they just might not do bad things because of whatever, you know, let's say their upbringing or their personal beliefs or their morals or something like that. But if, if a person is pushed to their limits, they will do something bad. And that's my belief. And that's like anyone from, you know, well-adjusted people to not well-adjusted people. And um, bringing up Jeffrey Dahmer is really interesting too, because I think they like studied his brain I don't know if that's for sure, but I will tell you someone whose brain they did study was this, uh, I think, CTE people, people who have chronic traumatic encephalopathy. And one of those people was uh, this wrestler, professional wrestler named Chris Benoit. And I don't know if you've ever watched like WWE, but they get throttled in the head a lot. And that can result in CTE. And what happened to Chris Benoit is he ended up killing his entire family and then himself. And we think the, not we, I'm not a doctor, but people think that's a result of him having CTE. People also think that um, OJ Simpson, maybe, maybe not killing his wife and her friend. I think he did it personally, but people think that was a result of CTE I think most people think he did it. (laughs) Well, it depends on who you ask. He really does. I'm just saying majority. Mm, I don't know. When, when that trial went down, it was pretty evenly, not evenly, I think it was pretty split down like racial lines. Most black people didn't think he did it. Most white people did think he did it. So anyway, um, people think that he did. Maybe. I think he did. But that, that might have been because he had CTE. I think, oh, Aaron Hernandez. He's a football player who like, I think he killed like two people. Um, I think he was found out to have had CTE. Um, and basically, your whole life and your whole demeanor and your whole, basically your entire self 
can change because he got hit in the head too many times. And I think that's really interesting. You know, how much does the physiology of the brain play into a person's, like, personality? You know, how much of a person's personality is physical and how much of it is, like, intangible, if that makes sense. So as far as whether or not people are, like, good or bad... Again, I think, you know, most people, they have the capacity to be bad. And some people, um, or I guess most people also have the, the capacity to be good. Um, but it's just, you know, whatever led you to where you are in your life, how does that influence your actions? Like, for instance, let's say the CEO of some company, they have to, like, burn down an entire forest to, like, build another factory or something like that. And some people might think that that's, like completely 100% super bad because, you know, we need the forest to provide nice, clean oxygen to us and deforestation ruins a lot of natural habitats for animals. Um, but the CEO might see it as not a big deal because, oh, it's just some trees and I need another factory so we can get these people their products on time and so that the supply chain isn't, like, crushed or whatever. However that works. So they might see what they're doing as morally right but other people might not see it as right, which is why there's a lot of uh, debates in the news now that are based mostly on morals and nothing else. Not even strictly, ooh, geez, not even strictly like law or anything like that or science or like, it's, it's mostly based on like morals. So I don't know. I feel like I went in a direction there, but. That I is think, my answer. I think another thing wrinkle I thought of is like, I think I think it can be fluid. I well I, as well. I feel like no one's like a good person permanently or a bad person permanently. I feel like a good person can, I don't know, be really good for a long time and then like, mm-hmm. I don't know, say he. I'm trying to. I'm, I'm. I guess I'm trying to. I'm thinking of examples. I just feel like my examples are weird, but like. Maybe they. Um, I think I have an example. For well, it. no, no, no. I have, I have examples. I don't okay. know. I, I was just like my mind was kind of going in too many directions. I was going to say like maybe a person's like a good person for a long time, and then like he like cheats on his wife, or mm-hmm. um, this person like is, I don't know. Um, we'll say like lightly, maybe like a little bit rougher with like their kid or something you mm-hmm. know what i mean like not not like full-on like beating their kid but like kind of still taking like maybe like a, a physical punishment too far or just mm-hmm. physical punishment i guess depending on your opinion on that but then it's kind of like do their actions define someone when does someone become like irredeemable and i think some of those things are like murder sexual assault yeah especially of like children uh, well, I have something for that too. But then I feel like I, I want to hear that. Okay. Save that. Let me. What was that? Jesus it's a door. God, that scared me. <laughs> We're going to wait. <laughs> Actions defining. You had something for that. I was going to say, like, you know, I brought up pedophiles earlier. Um, I don't know how many there are like this, but what about a pedophile? Or I, I guess, yeah, that's the definition. What if, what about a pedophile that's like never done anything mm-hmm. towards a kid? And, like, doesn't want to, like, actively wants to change. Like, if that's, I don't know, for some odd reason, that's 
how they feel. That's how their brain works, but they don't mm-hmm. want it to. I feel like I would argue that that even, even though the word sounds so bad, even saying it just pedophile, like I would mm-hmm. argue that that pedophile is like a good person or more of a good person than a bad person. If they, yeah. if they don't, if they're like, yo, this is weird. Help me please. Like, mm-hmm. um, like they my call brain. Them, uh, I think specifically like non-offenders. Yeah. So there um, are like a subsect of people that are who, trying to get help. Yeah. Yeah. And but of so, course there's obviously a lot of like stigma around that. Yeah. But what is it? Yeah. I guess then, you know, it can go deeper of like when, when do your actions like how much do your actions define you and when do your actions like permanently define you? Yeah. Okay. What's your thing? So, um, one of the former presidents, not presidents, oh my God, former governors of the state of Alabama named George Wallace. Um, he was around in the 50s and 60s. And there's this famous photo of him standing on the front steps of the, the univer- yeah, University of Alabama. The photo is called the stand in the schoolhouse door. And basically he is standing there physically with like, I think like state troopers to prevent like the first group of black students from entering into the university. And eventually they were able to enroll in there, but um, with that action and also his famous speech of segregation now, segregation tomorrow and segregation forever, you know, that really solidified him as a very staunch segregationist. And I would say- No, you're telling me he liked segregation? (laughs) Come on, I didn't get that at all from the quote, sorry. (laughs) <laughs> anyway, I would say that probably a lot of other politicians followed in his footsteps since he was so, you know, blatant with his beliefs. But another thing about George Wallace is that down the line, eventually, when he was much older, he apologized for all of that. But at that point, I think it might have been, I don't know when he died, but I think that might have been like the 80s or 90s. And it's like, great, you apologize, you feel bad that you did this, but it doesn't really change the fact that you did it because your actions had some pretty tangible ramifications in the progress of, like, the civil rights movement. So, like, it's kind of too little too late. Like, great, it's great that you apologize, but still he's going to go down in history as the guy who stood physically in front of the, like front steps of the university of Alabama to prevent these black students from just going to college. Hmm. So, you know, like it was the apology even worth it. Like, cause I mean, at that point he was super old. So, I mean, I I don't know. I think, so I guess that's to your point of, um, Oh, fluctuating. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think no one has to accept an apology. Mm -hmm. Um, And I guess it's up to, I guess, the people who, like, he's apologizing to, to, like, decide if he meant it or not. I think if he did mean it, then I think that's good. But, I mean, I don't know. You choose to accept it or not. Um, Yeah. That's up to you. But I don't know. I think um, if he meant it, then it it does mean something. Um, If not, then, then I guess not. But... Yeah, I that's kind of that's kind of like like on like a more like personal level um, mm-hmm. where I'm trying to think of like a more personal level. I'm trying to think of like someone who's like wronged me. That's like not necessarily a bad person. 
Because it's like I think of, you know, tall woman and Mm -hmm. some of her friends. And I'm like, I want to I feel like I want to say that they're not necessarily bad people. But I think I think they kind of are because I think like Mm -hmm. there's a chance that tall woman's racist. There's a chance that friends are just really mean kind of Mm -hmm. bullies, (laughs) the B word bullies. Um, (laughs) So I'm trying to think of someone from like my past but like someone who I like, maybe I know sort of where they're at now. Yeah, I don't know. But I, I think like, what are your thoughts on like the sympathy? Because the sympathy. Well, just like someone who I think is a bad person, like mm-hmm. if they grew up in a terrible environment or like faced a lot of like hardship and came out of that like a bad person. Mm-hmm. Um, or have a lot of like mental issues or problems and then come out without a bad person, like feeling like pity for them or something like that. Like, mm-hmm. I guess, like I said, like a, a pedophile who was sexually molested or mm-hmm. when they were a kid or a, you know, a physical, a, maybe a wife beater that got beat by his mom. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I guess I'm only saying male bad people because I guess Why I'm women can indeed. No, I'm just, pedophiles? I'm just saying I'm, I'm saying, male bad people i guess because i'm just male you know that's just the examples i'm giving um well i mean i think you can have a certain level of sympathy for those kinds of people but it's also worth realizing that plenty of people also go through those same things and don't end up doing terrible things so it's like at what point is the onus on the person for them to get better in spite of their past you know i i yeah I, th- I think I agree with what you just said. I think it's just something I think about mm-hmm. um, a lot because I feel like I am sympathetic and I have pity. Um, because especially on an interpersonal level, I mean, this might sound callous, but whatever you had going on in your past that happened to you has nothing to do with me. So, like, why am I on the receiving end of any of this, you know? Like, why can't you work that out within yourself to, and this is a hypothetical person, like work that out within yourself instead of just, you know, at what point, like, don't you realize that the things that you're doing are having a negative effect on like everyone around you? Don't you think it's like time to maybe do something about that instead of continuing? Well, I think that's where two things come into play and that's Mm -hmm. self-awareness. Yes. And therapy. Because I don't think, I don't think anyone can solve all their problems by themselves. I don't think anyone's like that. I feel like you need community and friendship and a helping hand to kind of get through that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think, I think you're right. But I think, um, and again, this doesn't excuse it. But I don't think everyone has self awareness, and mm-hmm. I don't think. And, and, and maybe it's not even something you have and you don't have, but it's something you kind of have to keep working towards attaining mm-hmm. of figuring out like, oh, did I do something wrong? Oh, do I need to apologize for that? Oh, do I need to reevaluate my stance on some matter or some situation? Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think anyone just like has it or doesn't. Mm-hmm. I think it's something you have to work for, but the the re- some part of the reason i'm saying the things i'm saying about like abusers being abused and like pity and all that i guess mm-hmm. like 
I'm going to be as vague as possible, I guess, for my own protection. But like mm-hmm. there's someone specifically that like I know that has caused me a lot of pain in my life. But like I know that this person grew up in a very rough home, was like very like physically abused and other horrible stuff that I don't, I don't think I know the full extent of in that household of them growing up. And that person was caused a lot of pain growing up, but then has like blocked all those memories, doesn't even think they happened and has become a person that like is causing a lot of pain, but has no regrets, self-awareness or anything. They don't realize like what they're doing at all and have no empathy or sympathy. And that's like, that's, I feel pity, but that's also scary, you know, Mm -hmm. like that's, that's, you know, I guess, I don't know if it's, I don't know where, where the line between like sociopathic and sociopath, like where those like meet or where Mm -hmm. like one crosses into the other, other, but like it is sociopathic and uh, yeah, I, I guess the person I'm talking about, which I can like, I think, you know, but like I can confirm afterwards that person has zero Mm self-awareness. Um, yeah. And I guess I do, I do think that person is a bad person, but at the same time feel for them a little bit because of what they've experienced. But Mm -hmm. again, doesn't excuse any of it. Yeah. I, I think that's all I have to say. Could end it there unless you want to say something. Um, no. Okay. Well, I'm done. All right. You sure you don't want to feel my rod? <laughs> That's disgusting. <laughs> well, I don't know. It is. It is a very strange sensation. Not gonna lie. Stroking your rod. <laughs> yep. Mm. Anyway. <laughs> anyway. Uh, this has been the 21st episode of the Not Just Aaron podcast. You can find us on all major podcast platforms. That is Google. I don't know why I always start with Google. I always start with Google. That's so weird. Mm-hmm. Um, Google, Apple, Spotify, YouTube, Anchor, and that's it. Um, actually, I, I get like emails sometimes and they're like asking me to claim my podcast on like the wackiest, most third party podcast platforms. So if you find them there, it probably is the actual podcast because they are just using like the RSS feed to like host it on their site. But um, they're, they're there as well. Um, what else? You can follow us on social media at not just Aaron pod. That is Instagram and Twitter. Um, what else? To discuss all things, not just Aaron. You can use the hashtag NJA pod. Um, I'm checking. Just saying. What about the sponsor? Well, hold on. I'm going to get there. Jeez. Okay. I don't know. I thought you forgot. No, I have not forgotten. This is a long outro. <laughs> it's not that long. I just take pauses. Gosh. It's nah, not because you, you keep interjecting. I want That's you why to, it's long. I want you to type it out. I feel like it's like two paragraphs. <laughs> I doubt it. We'll, we'll see. Double spaced. Okay. No. <laughs> um, see, I was going to say something. Okay. If you want uh, to ask us more questions... We have a good amount of questions for our ending Q&A segment for uh, quite a few weeks, but or we will need more. You can also write in and we can just dedicate the next episode to all 12 questions we have left. Or we couldn't because then that would defeat the purpose of the very special episode and it wouldn't be very special anymore. Anyways, we have to go now. Goodbye. Oh, wait. Who's 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 our sponsor? Um, uh, Steve Harvey's mustache. <laughs> that's all you could come up with? What do you mean that's all I could come up with? 
okay. I mean, what am I supposed to come up with? (laughs) It's whatever I want. Sure. Thank you to Steve Harvey's mustache, specifically his mustache, not the rest of him. Yeah. For financially supporting the Not Just Aaron podcast. We could not do it without your financial contribution. And now we must go before we start arguing about Q&As again.